Welcome in to episode five of the I Am Ready podcast, where uh, Ready uh, here gets to talk a little bit about economic development with some of the movers, shakers, and players in the mid-Missouri area, uh, folks we are in contact with and connection with. I am one of the co-hosts of the I Am Ready podcast here for episode five. I'm Jay Sparks, I'm the Entrepreneurship Coordinator, my uh, lovely co-host, Lisa Driscoll-Hawksby, I am the Business Development Specialist here at Ready. And we were just talking as we were setting up the equipment to record today that uh, tech-wise, our, our guest today puts us to shame. Uh, we have a uh, one, of, one of the hub clients, longtime hub clients, predating even Jay, uh, being in this position uh, that, that I'm always excited when we get to interact with uh, our longtime hub clients because that makes me feel good that folks have stuck around and grown and, and shown a lot of things. Um, and so uh, Shree Smith is joining us uh, from Captured and maybe other things, <laughs> maybe other things in the offing as well, but but known around these parts with Captured. Welcome, Shree's. Hi, thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's super exciting to have you here. Um, we, we like to start with just kind of the origin story. Just tell us a little bit about Charisse and where Captured kind of came from and, you know, maybe how even the, maybe the Ready Connection kind of originally started. Yeah, um, oh, it's a long story with a lot of details, so try to find the short version of it. Let's see. <laughs> um, so I grew up about an hour from Columbia. I was always like Columbia adjacent. Um, it's always been a big part of my life, even though I'm rural, grew up on a farm and all that. Um, Let's see, so I end up, actually have a degree in philosophy from Columbia College, so that's, but I've always been interested in technology. My mother, we had computers and she had Atari and I, she bought me my first computer when I was 13 and I was one of the first people to have a web address in my high school, or email address in my high school, the first one to get social media. Um, and again, largely because my mom was really involved in tech and, and bring it to our household. Um, so between my, my tech and my interest in sci-fi and futurism and things um, and getting my philosophy degree. Um, let's see, so we fast forward to about 2016-ish, give or take. Um, I, had, I had gotten into uh, a PhD program at MU studying moral development um, and I had a health crisis and had to take some time off and after healing and taking care of myself I'm sitting in a, in a <laughs> doctor's office with my phone thumbing through Facebook and a targeted ad pops up um, for a Matterport camera, the 3D cameras um, for real estate. My father was in real estate. Probably that's why it was targeting me a little bit. I've always been able to stare at floor plans or design floor plans for hours. It's just one of my little quirks. <laughs> uh, I'm a space nerd um, in many senses. But uh so this, this ad pops up and I see it's targeted to real estate. And I was like, that's really cool and I get that use, but why do, isn't this being used for other businesses? Um, I thought back to in 2006 when I was pregnant with my daughter and we were new to the, I was new to the Columbia area and I was gonna have to pick either which hospital system. And I'm like, I don't know, they both seem great. So I'm the kind of person, I don't bother people. I don't tend to bug people, I'm a researcher. So I got online and I, Went to learn everything I could about the two hospital systems, their birthing centers, and I went with the one that had the best web page, that had the most visual information, the most data, um, and that ended up 
Oh, I won't tell you which one, but <laughs> um, so I ended up choosing that. And so when I saw this camera, I thought, how much cooler would it have been if I could have gotten all of that information through a virtual tour, if I could have walked through the birthing centers, if I could have seen what my room was going to look like, what to expect. I like to plan and prepare. Um, I know a lot of people who have anxiety and other issues, PTSD, um, disability issues, access issues, all kinds of things. We like to know before we go what we're getting into. Um, and so I immediately I was like, this is a tool that every business should have. I want the next dentist office I pick. I want to pick it because they have a virtual tour and I get to see how cool the office looks and what I'm going to be staring at while they're working on my teeth, you know, that kind of thing. So that's that's where I got into the business. I bought the camera, had some family assistance, um, and it was a low entry thing, which was really cool. So that was December 2018 that I bought that. Um, and started my business January 1st, 2019. Um, started with uh, real estate, since it was already there, kind of practiced, got my first kind of residential projects and apartment complex was one of my first bigger non-real estate jobs. But my very, very first proof of concept that this isn't just for residences and not just for residential stuff was with Ready and the Hub. Um, I got asked to do a tour of the hub because apparently a lot of people think it's a lot bigger and scarier than it is. So it's actually, the tour was to show that it's really actually very approachable. It's not intimidating, kind of the opposite. But we also went ahead and did the whole ready space too, which was really, really cool. Um, so that, yeah, ready was one of my first big non-residential clients, proof of concept. So kind of attached. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I want to hear a little bit more about, so living in a rural area, yeah having a mom who is really interested in tech and then getting that early, like, did you feel like there was any like resistance or because you were the front runner, it didn't really matter if you were a man or a woman? Cause certainly since the whole, you know, world of tech has changed, it certainly is a little bit heavier on the male side than the female side. But since you were the forerunner front runner in your community, did that, did you think being a woman even mattered? Or um, was it just because you guys, you and your mom are so cool and on top of things? Um, I've always been a little bit of an outsider to start with, looking in on things. I think it helps me see things differently. So I didn't really pay, especially prior to coming to Columbia, really didn't pay a lot of attention to any kind of resistance on the tech side. I, it was my interest and no one could stop me. <laughs> um, I did like create uh, kind of a Facebook like page for my high school and that kind of thing. It was very accepted. Um, one of the first things at my high school, they showed me the video editing stuff. It was like, it was still, it was 2000 and they were still using VHS tapes. So I learned on that, how to video edit. That was kind of cool. Um, and then I started shortly after that, I did, did have a video, um, videography business and did that. So I came at it from a very like creative source, not like writing code, writing tech bro stuff. It was very creative stuff, but using cutting edge available tech, um, in 2008 when I started that, well, 2007, when I started that videography business, bought new cameras, bought a new new tech, new tech, and then out came a new operating system, out came HD cameras, and then 2008 crashed the economy a little bit, which made even harder to get clients who could afford the kind of prices I needed for wedding videos and stuff like that. So I didn't really get, because I came at it from that creative side, mm -hmm. I didn't get a lot of resistance um, now, when I got my PH, my or sorry, <laughs> I wish my when I got my degree in philosophy and I went to present philosophy stuff, that's where I started getting a little bit of the gender distinctions. Mm -hmm. Kind of ran into it there a little bit early on, um, and then 
only every once in a great while do I encounter something where my husband and I do a lot of things together. He's always by my side, um, helping and assisting me, supporting me. And uh, so we'll be together in a space. I'm a bit of a wallflower when it's somewhere new. And he's like kind of pushing me like, come on, get in there and talk to somebody. There's that person you wanted to talk to. And we'll be standing huddled together. And sometimes people, men, will walk up and just start talking to him, introduce themselves to him. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, hi, I'm, this, I'm Ryan. Yeah, but this is Sharice, and she's here to – sure, this is Sharice. She's the owner of Captured. And he always defers to me, and then sometimes the person will, like, nod at me a little bit, and then he'll look right back at Ryan and talk, keep talking to Ryan. So occasionally we see some, some instances where it doesn't really register that I'm the tech person, that I'm the business owner, that – you know, and Ryan's just there to support me, <laughs> that our roles are very reversed for things. But very rarely does that happen. Usually people are pretty excited. And again, coming from the creative side of it, I think that helps. So when that does happen, so <laughs> I'm thinking about some younger entrepreneurs or some younger folks that might be listening to this. And when something like that does happen, what what is your what? how do you approach it? What's your best advice to someone that I also, mm-hmm. in another life, and part of a very um, male-dominated industry. And so it's very interesting to um, see how different women um, approach that when someone is talking to the man (laughs) or is questioning them as the woman and their expertise in a given um, industry. So I flash back to the scene in Men in Black where they first, where the guys in Men in Black, they get out of the car at the place where the woman's husband got turned into a bug. It's a whole thing. But anyway, they get out, and, he, and his, his whole home, let her get the wrong impression first, if it helps. I can't remember the quote, but always that goes through my head, because the lady comes out and asks who they are, and he's like, well, yeah, that's who I am, you know? Um, or like the psychic paper in Doctor Who. <laughs> um, I, I see it as it gives, I let people tell me what they think of me first, and that helps me figure out how to respond to them. So in the case that the, the individual just keeps looking back at Ryan, no matter how much Ryan's getting uncomfortable trying to fix that, I, I, it tells me more about them than it does me. And it helps me judge, like, how do they see me, how to present myself, because I sometimes don't know how people are going to perceive me. And I just use it as a cue to, like, to read them while they're distracted by some by my husband or whoever else, you know, and, 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 and learn something so that if they do, if they don't keep looking at my husband and they do finally interact with me, then I know what, what it was that they were interested in. What was it cued them in? Oh, Sharice is interesting. Sharice is the one I want to talk to. And I take it from there. I just... I just use it as a cue and sit back and giggle a little bit inside, you know, smile. And, and if they aren't interested in talking to women, then I know I'm not interested in talking to them. And that's okay. Not everybody's for everybody, and that's okay. You've got that right. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely elements of that for sure. We choose a lot of our guests for the podcast just because of, not just because of the proximity to Ready and in former fashions, but also because of maybe an underlying why. And we've talked a lot about some of your the historical pieces and you know some of your interests, but but what's the what's the why behind captured and and your you know how you've dovetailed with continued to dovetail with ready and economic development and and why you know why is captured part of the, the rising tide in Columbia? Oh, very good question. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's evolved. It's been four years since I've been involved with ready. Um, when I first started, I was just like a freelancer wanting to put food on the table. How can I make money with something I think is cool and that works for me to now that I'm, I'm like starting to say, oh, I'm a tech startup. I'm, I'm, I need to work on a national level. And, and then that everything I've learned along the way, Ready's been right there with me. Um, Ready 
early on, four years ago, when I first started, I was, I'm the kind of person, again, who researches. So I found um, people who could guide me. I found Ready's Gut Coaching. I got through Jay and through other people now. Um, I got coaching through right here next door is the Women's Business Center, SBDC. I, I used all my resources. Um, and sometimes there's seasons for one or another. I get a little more involved in this direction, a little more involved in that direction. My coaching through Ready has been consistent the whole time. Through the process of learning where Captured fits, and it's not just about doing something cool that'll put money on, <laughs> money on the table, food on the table. I've always had a passion for economic development. That's part of that like early childhood. I wanted to be, um, I wanted to work for NASA and help with interplanetary colonization. I still have this image from a book I read when I was like five years old um, in my head from that. And okay, so I'm not gonna work for NASA. We're not, you know, yet colonizing other planets, but those same principles that drew me about like, what makes a community work? What makes society work? How do people work together? Has always been a thread in my life. That's why I have a philosophy degree with minors in psych, social ethics, and religion. Um, is because how we work together and how we do that well is huge. And the economic system of that, um, since my parents, they owned their own businesses. Um, my All the way going back, we're farmers before that. Um, seeing how the ability to get, choose your own work lead your own you know, work, um, how that helps people get out of systems that are working against them, how it can free you to do beautiful things, amazing things. Ready is so involved in that. And the more I learn about Ready, the more I, I fall in love with it. I just love everything Ready does, um, working with all the way up to the biggest movers in the state, all the way down to little businesses like me and helping us meet in the middle. It's amazing. And at the moment, like I said, starting to think of myself as like a tech startup and captured being more than just a data-driven content agency. Um, AR, I think, is the next wave. It's going to change things radically. Um, I knew when I saw this camera, that's where I was headed. I wanted to help make that virtual world work for our economy, work for small businesses, work for everybody. Um, and that's still a goal that I hope to share with Ready going forward as as digital's here and it's not going anywhere. It's just growing with AI and all the things that are happening. It's really exciting. We've talked before many times and it's um, evident that you're not just passionate about technology and ready. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about some of your other passions, especially I know um, you try to be involved in your small community and you know that that's a really important part of who you are. So tell us a little bit more about those passions. I'm married, have three I was going to say teenagers, but one of them is now 20, so technically not a teen anymore. Um, uh, so we've been involved. My husband was a teacher for a long time, um, taught there at their school in Sturgeon, which is a 20-minute drive north of Columbia. Um, <laughs> we've been very involved in the, the academic side of that. I even thought about running for school board. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> but um, education is also another huge component when it comes to economic development, and that's something... That's why Ryan decided to be a teacher. He wanted to give back somewhere there where it makes such a difference in people's lives. Stur uh, Sturgeon's kind of a bedroom community, so we're, I still very feel very Columbia adjacent. It, I feel a little tight, a little pulled between the two sometimes. Um, but post-COVID, I've definitely been more involved in Columbia and the Columbia area, but it's really cool now seeing some of the, some of the board members, like the gentleman from Centralia, representing Centralia there, um, and talking to them because... Another big thread in my life has been the imposter syndrome, and Ready has really helped 
we fight that. But I know for people in the rural community, you think things are a certain way and this is the only way they can be. And when you get exposed to things like Ready exposes you to, you see that, no, there's a lot more possibilities out there. Or you aren't as small as you think you are. You actually have so much more to offer. And I'm a little bit involved in the um, 4-H. That's, I think, a really great program for rural communities. They have an entrepreneurship class. I'm trying to help be a mentor for that. Um, so I can teach some of the kids how to get into entrepreneurship because I think the rural community growing in that way is going to be a huge impact, and I need more of that. There's been too much brain drain. Um, but especially with tech, the democratization of the economic system, you no longer have to be able to get stuff shipped to your door. You can just go online and create it virtually. If you have the right tech, which is, a, is an investment, but if you have access to that, you can do a lot of things. And that's, this doesn't matter where you are in the world. And that's just becoming more and more true after COVID, especially. But Yeah, that's one of the things I do love about Ready is that we represent all of Boone County. Yeah. And having um, grew up in a rural area, um, it is wonderful to be in those areas and just to see um, that there is value in rural. There is value in um, more metropolitan areas, certainly mm-hmm we all really have a valuable role to play to make up opportunities for businesses to grow and to flourish here. So thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. You meet someone tomorrow who's maybe a young lady looking into, staring into the crystal ball of tech <laughs> with wide-ranging interests, the, the, the look to the future, the futurist mindset. Give them some advice. What If you got to sit down with them. I've seen you do this lately, so I'm curious to see it. <laughs> Here, but but what, what what's the advice you give to someone in that position? Number one, don't limit yourself. Uh, don't feed into that imposter syndrome or any kind of insecurity. Don't feed it. It's going to be there regardless. <laughs> you got to learn how to battle it. You have so much more to offer. If you're interested in this, this is the right time right now in this world to be doing this stuff. Um, it may feel like Everybody knows so much more than you, especially if you're just getting started or you only know kind of one little area. Um, but like, take AI, for example. I was just reading someone, I, don't, I wish I could quote them, but they were saying, right now with AI, professionals and amateurs or people just getting started in it, there's not very big of a gap. If you get started now, you're not very far behind. You may have be a little bit on resources, but that's not something you can't make up. Get started now so you so you can keep up. Um, and that's just going to be true as every new tech comes out. It might feel like everyone's light years ahead of you, but they're not. Um, and if they are, they may be into older stuff, and the new cutting-edge stuff is still just follow your passion and trust yourself. Trust your trust that to lead you to things that other people aren't seeing. Everybody has a unique perspective, but also we all share a lot of our same needs and and if something you if there's something in the world you want to see exist, we'll make it happen, and the other people will will follow. The other people will come. Builders will never come. <laughs> well, and you had a don't limit yourself moment recently when you decided that you were going to um, pitch at Missouri Startup Weekend. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about what made you want to do that, and then kind of your experience because. I'm going to, you know, what do they call that when you read the last page first or whatever? Bury the lead. Yeah, (laughs) and say that, you know, there were 50-plus pitches 
Um, and there were 12 folks selected to actually work through the weekend. And uh, we may or may not be talking to one of those 12 folks. And so talk to us a little bit about how you got yourself into that mindset of this is what I want to do and all of that. Yeah, so Startup Weekend was something I was kind of peripherally aware of um, for a few years now. Um, and kind of always wanted to learn more about it and get involved in it. Um, and this year, uh, because I, have, I am involved in the <laughs> Women's Network through the Chamber, um, and I have this lovely, lovely mentor, Lisa, who's been helping me. <laughs> Particularly Lisa, we may know. In the back. Uh, <laughs> in the back. She's way in the back of that story. Um, but Lisa, you were helping me with my branding, and mm -hmm. I mentioned, you know, how I saw myself and where I wanted to go, and I mentioned that I always wanted to do Startup Weekend. I want to learn more about that, and you encouraged me to do so. Um, and so I set that as a goal, and... I thought I've always got little business ideas. They're always sometimes they're a little silly, sometimes they're not. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I'll just get the full experience if I at least pitch. I'm, I'm not a good public speaker. I it's not one of my confidence points for sure. Um, I'm working on it, but <laughs> uh, I was going to challenge myself to get up there and do that 60 second pitch or whatever it was, um, and then I'd probably end up joining someone's team and and doing really cool things and meeting really cool people and use it as a learning and networking event. So here I was with this dilemma of knowing how valuable knowing your clients and your customers or, or viewers are and not seeing an ethical way to get that information or possibly a future without that information where people are all protecting their privacy, understandably. But then I was like, but I love customization. I'm always like, yeah, accept all cookies because I love having that customized experience. I love a good targeted ad. It showed me my camera. Um, I love that world. And I, I, I was thinking about how with my tours – we could customize experiences like when you arrive, it would show you options that are relevant to you and instead of just some generic ones. And I was like, what are we gonna do? And this was like um, the same week of Startup Weekend. And then Monday and Tuesday, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna figure out this problem. And I had this idea. So I do a preliminary search about customization of cookies. And I was in my head calling it cookie jar because it's just gonna, it's gonna hold your cookies. It's gonna keep them fresh, keep them safe. Let you decide who gets into the cookie jar, you know? Um, and uh, I, don't, I wasn't seeing a solution. I'm like, I don't know, is, this is so tied to my business. Is this a good idea for, is this the kind of thing you should pitch at Startup Weekend that I was on my to-do list was prepare for Startup Weekend. So I sent out a, a LinkedIn message, a LinkedIn post and kind of explained the situation I was in that I have this idea, but I'm not sure if it's great. How do I know? How, do you worry if someone's gonna steal the idea, et cetera. Um, and then while that's out there in the world, I message, um, Brett Calhoun. Um, so I shoot him a message. And I'm like, I have this idea. Could you give me advice? And he's like, sure, shoot it to me. So I give him a little synopsis of Cookie Jar. And he's like, I love it. You should pitch this. Yes, I get it. This makes sense. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then Sarah Hill posted to it and said, she'd, when she'd gone to Startup Weekend and pitched Helium, it didn't even make it to the net first round. She didn't get enough votes. And she went ahead and did it anyway. And I'm like, that's the endorsement I'm looking for. That's, that's, you cannot give me a better answer than that. So I quickly wrote up the 60-second pitch, um, did a little bit of searching just to make sure I wasn't like something already out there and I'm just copying it. So I show up at Startup Weekend with this cookie jar idea in my pocket and the 60-second pitch. And it was just a wild experience. People actually voted for me. I got I thought I was going to be on a different team. And I got my own team. And I had to pivot really quickly and learn, okay, so now what does this mean? What do I have to do as a leader of this team? And 
Um, I got some fantastic people volunteering to help me uh, with their amazing dress me. I got so lucky. So I sat them down. We spent like a couple of hours like explaining everything, answering their questions until I could just see this light come on in their, behind their eyes of like, yes, this makes sense. This is needed. I'm in. They just really bought in. And that was just the most exciting thing to see someone else. And then they clearing their schedule for the weekend and be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit even more to this. This is, this needs to happen. We're going to make this happen. Um, and then I just played leader. I just, I had given them the destination and the coordinates and I just went and found all their supplies and people, mentors, I found answers for them. I found resources for them and brought them and, and just made a few like, yes, no decisions. Other than that, they, they built the ship, they made it happen. And we pitched on Sunday after 54 hours of work. And losing my voice after that, <laughs> um, and we didn't we didn't win the prize. We weren't the top three or whatever, but we already felt like we won because we had the team. We had the, this idea that we were committed to continuing, and it's it's not going to stop. That and it's really exciting. Cookie jar is on its way. That is fantastic, <laughs> and I would be remiss if I did not also call out the other rock star in the room, which is. <laughs> Ready's entrepreneurship um, guru, Jay, because um, there were four, so 50 plus pitches, 12 teams that get invited to move forward, and four of those teams that got invited to move forward, the, the individual who pitched was a current hub client. The winner is a former hub client, and so Five out of the 12 are related to the good work that Jay is doing down at the hub. And so um, I am clearly need, I need to work on my rock star skills. Um, but um, I think it goes to show that there is encouragement and there is the opportunity for growth if you don't limit yourself and you lean into those folks who are willing to give you that help. And so I just love, it's like kind of like a little full circle moment. It was, it was really rewarding for me. I got to wear lots of hats that weekend. Mm -hmm. I, I got to be a volunteer with the team uh, that was running it. I got to mentor. Um, I got to participate as a, as a team member with one of the teams. I got to pitch myself. I got to do all the things that weekend and it was an incredible weekend. But seeing the hub clients in their, what I'm gonna call the natural elements. I mean, I mean mm -hmm. that is, that is, Pure uncut entrepreneurship at Startup Weekend. That is that is competitive uh, entrepreneurship. In, in a way, yeah. right? They're, 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 everything's turned to eleven. All the dials are turned to eleven for that weekend. You've entered a um, na the NASCAR race. Yeah. Yes, um, entrepreneurship and, and, and seeing so many of the current hub clients in the room. I mean, I think we ended up the the, the grand total. I think was. Um, 16 or 17 hub clients that were in the room for the weekend working on teams that were active participants um, and it was just incredible to see that and, and know that you know um, we had a part of that and watching Sharice work from the what I've known of Sharice over years from being a co-client as a hub client with her and and attending sports jams <laughs> and and all the things that we used to do uh, back in the day um, all the way through and and seeing the growth uh, the maturity, uh, the leadership to go along with the tech and the futurism and the entrepreneurship side was a blessing to, to be able to see that. So thank you for sharing that story again to echo what Lisa said. Um, 
Yeah, and what you said about the weekend and the, I kept telling people it felt felt a lot like what happens in the hub. What and one of the things that happens in the hub is one million cups. I know it's a little separate, but it happens in the room, and I know a lot of our hub members pitch at one million cups. I know I have a bunch, and the it was the same energy, like you said, dialed up to eleven over the weekend. But we get doses of that all the time in the hub and at one million cups and just our the times we run into each other. Curtis and I just we were just in there. He came over and we're just, we're talking and he's teaching me things about how I how I can grow my business and the ways that he has and we're always like running into people. I mean, I learned so much watching Johnny with Cosmic Sauce too. We're just constantly learning from each other, growing, having exciting ideas. It's just being a hub member is one of my favorite things. Well, we we appreciate having you, <laughs> especially as one of the OG as I like to say, <laughs> the OG hub clients. Why is it important? For people in a community who who are part of the rising tide, to be a part of an organization, not just ready, but mm-hmm. to be a part of community-based organizations, why is it important for those people to take time out and, and do what we get to see so often, but maybe others don't? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is that rainforest idea. I think Bill Tolkien, it's the first time I heard that. Um, and I can't go into it, but that idea, just the di- diversity you need um, and how the whole system works by having all those different parts. But more that I could speak to is that if it was just me coming into the hub and all the big players, I would be intimidated to, to the nth degree. I, the imposter syndrome, I would just shrink and shrivel and struggle a lot more than I did. Columbia's good at it. Ready's fantastic at it. Having that intermediary level of the ecosystem, people who are getting their feet under them like Curtis and I are now feeling like okay I think we've got this I think we're actually gonna it's gonna happen you know we're it's all the way up to it's happening that's this is really taking off this is I'm I'm here you know or that that intermediary group of people being involved it's because of people in that middle ground that I saw myself in the system at the start that stripped away my um, imposter syndrome that made me feel like I could do this. I could not only do what I'm planning on, but much, much bigger things. Curtis has been a big part of that for me. I can't brag about him enough lately. He's been so cool of just reaching back and like, hey, here I am on the next round. Let's pull you up. And just, just the, the and not just like the diversity of the, the ladder, but also the width and having other women involved and other um, origins, other nationalities, races, um, cultural backgrounds, all of that helps you see yourself in the room with those people. So if that middle part just checked out, like, okay, I got this, I'm, I'm good, and they just checked out, we, it, wouldn't, it would hurt us too. It would hurt the people who checked out because that's part of what, that's what I see about ready and economic development is that the buy-in keeps it rolling. We keep the train moving. It keeps it all feeding in and out, and again, the rainforest, and, idea is so true yeah. I love it no you're you're 100 right by the way the book is the rainforest by Victor Huang um, and and uh, one of my favorites first book I read when I got the job as entrepreneurship coordinator here was the first book I put in my hand um, and it was a game changer for me so um, definitely if, if uh, you're listening to the podcast and you need a book recommendation yes. I will I will highly put that one and I will follow up with you anytime about that one 
And certainly, if you're interested in learning more, Sharice has um, noted Curtis multiple times. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's episode two or three. Maybe, Jay, you will remember. But yeah. Curtis Tolson is um, definitely an episode that you will want to listen to as well. Um, and so it gives you another hub perspective, hub client perspective on the entrepreneurship ecosystem that we have here in um, the central Missouri area. So there we go. We're, t- we're doing all the plugs in today. We're just, Something yep. to read, get involved with the hub, listen, listen we, to the podcast. We, we, I mean, we should have like some, pro- if you could see us, we have product <laughs> placement. I should have an I am ready sign in here or right. ready on the road logo. Right. I mean, we're just throwing it all in today. Gasoline on the ready fire. That's right. And it's it's the EGOTs that I keep talking about. I mean, we, we have all these folks who you know, either you're an investor and a board member, or you're you're a hub client and an investor, and and all these pieces, and folks see the value and they buy in, and to me, that's really that driver of economic development in in Boone County, um, and it's it's cool, uh, you know, not to steal from Hamilton again, but to to, to be in the room where it happens mm-hmm. uh, so often is pretty impressive. It's a pretty impressive thing. Yeah, I mean, just a few days ago, I had some friends. I'll mention them, but they're big movers and shakers in the area, but they hadn't really heard of Ready. I'm like, how are you all so involved in the community? How are you so at all the things I'm at and you haven't heard what Ready's doing? And they came to talk to me about some exciting ideas they had for helping the community, helping Columbia grow and ways to make it better. And I'm like, this is Ready. You guys need to talk to Ready. I mean, yes, yes, we're I'm on this, what you're talking about. You all should do it, but you should work with Ready because it's everything they were talking about was everything I know Ready's involved in doing in the community it's public face it's it's a wider face as well as that looking inward and keeping it going inside and they were I'm like guys you gotta talk to ready <laughs> well we appreciate that feedback because this is our 35th year and one of the things that we have been very interested in doing um, is telling the story of ready mm-hmm. and really helping folks understand what we do and um, help them understand why they should care about economic development. I have said this since the beginning. Um, we need every regular citizen to understand what it, what economic vitality looks like and why it is so critical to all of us um, and our health and well-being and happiness as a community. It's not just about jobs. It's not just about money. It's about all the things that go into that. You can have a great job. Um, and you want to make sure that your kids are going to a great school and that you can afford a great home and then hopefully you have some extra money and you're going to go out into the community and do some great things with that money, Um, whether that be go to dinner or um, give to a charity or what have you. So it really, really, truly is um, an ecosystem, and it's really exciting, as Jay often says, to be right in the middle of seeing so many things happening. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, Sharice, we really, really appreciate you joining us today. I think this has been a great uh, episode to to kind of, uh, again, take another broad look at, at what we're doing uh, and, and, and how folks interface with us in a lot of different ways. Is there anything we missed? Uh, I'll give you the floor for a minute. Uh, and again, you, you have the attention of, of folks who are going to listen to this. So is there anything we've missed or, or something you'd like to share? That's a good question. <laughs> um. I don't think so. I think we talked about everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just I look forward to seeing everything grow and evolve and where Ready goes from here and watching the hub clients grow, the list of people involved in that grow and I'm just excited for the future. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, we're excited about your future. Yes. <laughs> yes. Me too. Both, both captured and cookie jar. I think I think, uh, I think. think there's a lot of great things. Uh, the other LLC I just bought this week. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Coaching <laughs> session. Well, get my calendar out. Get our calendars out. Uh, <laughs> um, well, very good. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I do appreciate it. Lisa, thank you. Uh, driving the conversation is, is definitely a two-person job around here, so uh, appreciate that. And uh, I, like I said, uh, signing off, I guess, for episode five. Uh, we'll be back with episode six soon. Um, it was very hard to pin down our episode six guest, uh, so we uh, finally done it, and it'll be on its way uh, shortly. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again soon for the I Am Ready podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.